Hey, 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 welcome to the Pastor Duke Podcast. Thank you for tuning me in. It is pure joy for me to share the Word of God with you. We continue our series on David in his own words. So here I am in the Judean wilderness encamped here and there with 400 desperados and even some of their families. No pressure here. <laughs> you know, we got to eat and things like that. Every day was an adventure and hopefully some life lessons being learned along the way. There are always reasons God has us where we are. It's not a fun time in my life, but as looking back upon it, it surely was necessary. God knew what he was doing when I did not know what was going on or why. King Saul continues his quest to take me out once for all. I felt there was more to do than just flee from Saul. I asked the Lord to use me during these dark days, and it turned out he did just that. What I had been doing under the Saul administration was taking out these small enemy towns encroaching into the Israeli territory. I inquired of the Lord concerning a key Philistine town called Keilah, and God affirmed it was his will for me to take out that key military town and kind of rid that area of Philistine power. We did, and the victory was ours. God delivered them all for God's glory, but uh, what I didn't realize at the time was word of another David victory traveled out fast, and our nation began more and more to see God still had his hand, his holy hand, on that kid who took down Goliath. Maybe David wasn't as bad as King Saul was uh, leading them to believe. All the while, Saul continued his mental decline, and his political strength was waning as well. God was putting me in good favor with the nation as we continued our rescues of small Israeli towns, mostly in the south. Uh, yes, the season, while in exile, lasted uh, now in the sixth year. Uh, I thought this thing would never end. God knew what he was doing when I didn't. I can see the big picture now, but it just seemed like it wouldn't end. A high moment for me during those uh, down times was a surprise visit from Jonathan, who found me when, thank God, his father could not find me. Man, I love Jonathan. He surely strengthened my heart in the Lord in a weak time when I was down. He always did that. He was totally confident my time for being king was drawing near. I begin to think maybe Jonathan uh, could be right. He and I re-upped our covenant together concerning him being my chief of staff and my protection of all of his family. The next day, we had another close call with Saul and his henchmen. We were on one side of the mountain. They were on the other side of the mountain. Somehow, they got exactly where we were. They were able to completely encircle us, and it looked like a bloodbath was imminent. But... At the last moment before engagement, a messenger runner arrived to Saul's camp with word of a Philistine invasion. Saul had no choice but to drop the battle plans with my team, and they had to go and ward off the Philistines. It was another God moment of deliverance for me. I saw God's sovereign hand protecting me once again against all odds. 
I was a step closer to the throne, and my faith was continuing to grow. Another event came soon after that. We had fled down to Engedi near the Dead Sea. There's ample water, many caves for shelter, for protection. Somehow Saul also got word and took off to find us there. Somehow Saul got word and looked for us and returned after the Philistine invasion had been quelled. It seemed he had me this time as I was hiding in the cave in the back where the front side was used as a sheep coat, a little place for the sheep to be kept. We heard Saul's men arrive at the mouth of the cave. Tensions were mounting. Did they know we're in the cave, this very cave? But no soldiers entered. Guess who did come in alone? Saul himself. Uh, to relieve himself, uh, sorry, too much information, but uh, he had no clue. I was only a few meters away. My men whispered, God has delivered him into your hands. Take him out, David. Wow, what a moment that was. I surely thought about it, but I had vowed in my heart long ago never to lift my hand against God's anointed. I'm going to keep trusting God and not lean to my own understanding. I will not lead to my own strength. I could easily have killed him, but I chose only to cut off a piece of his robe, hoping Saul would have a moment of sanity where once again I would prove to him I am not his enemy. He may want to kill me, but I surely will not kill him. Oh, the shock on Saul's face, along with all his men, when after Saul came out of the cave, right behind him, I came out. They saw me. David! My heart was pounding as I cried out to Saul, Your men tell you I am your enemy, O king. They lie. I am not your enemy. I am your servant. I apologize for cutting off a piece of your robe, but I did it to prove to you I am no threat to you. I could have killed you, but I will never lift my hand against the Lord's anointed. It was a moment of life or death for me. I know I had done the right thing. The results were completely in the hands of God, whom I was learning to trust more and more from event to event. To my relief, my prayer was answered. Saul cried out in brokenness and humility, Is this the voice of my son David? And he wept. I knew I would be spared. Another huge God moment. I had passed this test. Saul had a moment of sanity. He said, I know you will be king. And he bade me swear to him that it do no harm to his family. I assured Saul his family is safe. He didn't realize it was already a done deal. Jonathan and I had already got that all set up. But I felt best to keep Jonathan's name out of this conversation. I didn't want to put Jonathan in any danger. It was so sad to see this once mighty man to be so pathetically weakened. But crazy as that it may sound, I still loved him. He once was my hero, his son, my best friend, his daughter, my wife. Wow, her drama was so high, emotion so strong. Lord, teach me, but this was hard. Test passed, but soon another test would come, another heartbreak. Samuel died my mentor, my human rock, my go-to guy. He's now dead. Another hard loss for me. 
Oh, how I cherish that great man of God. He risked his life to anoint me. He stood beside me all through the years. You just can't replace Samuel. But his memory always reminds me I can trust God, even if Samuel's not there. Samuel's gone, but my Lord will never be gone. Another huge event came up unexpectedly, as usual. As we had traveled up north to Mount Carmel, my men encountered and assisted the servants of a wealthy land baron named Nabal. But Nabal, this guy, was a bit of on the crazy side, had a bought King Saul's propaganda against me. He mistreated my men, falsely accused me, threatened to drive us out of their territory. Man, I was ticked off. I had enough. Something triggered my vengeance button inside of me. I was done turning my other cheek. I'm not taking this kind of hateful, wrongful abuse from this idiot. I'm going to make him pay. I set battle plans in the morning to take him out to avenge this injustice. It's kind of like I lost it that night. Meanwhile, word gets back to his wife, Abigail, of her husband's stupidity, and she went into full repentance and humility mode. Early in the morning, she shows up at our camp with a huge stash of food and gifts to appease my wrath, confessed her husband's foolishness, she was so humble. She was also very beautiful. It was a huge aha moment for me. She was a warning sign, a gift from God, not to do vengeance, not to let anger control me. I was so close to murdering this evil man. Vengeance is mine, saith the Lord. By her wisdom and by God's grace, I passed this test too. Surely not with an A, but maybe a C minus. Thank you, Abigail, for your commitment to God, to man, to your husband, even if he is a complete jerk. Man, the tests just kept coming. They were not fun. They wouldn't stop. But I was learning. And God's preparation program continued for me. Well, my losses continued to mount. And this next one may be the worst of all. It really hurt. I was so not ready for this. Word comes back to me from Jerusalem. King Saul had given my wife, Michael, to another man named Faltai to be his wife. Ouch. Man, that is a low blow. And after I had just spared his life, Saul is still out to destroy me, if not physically, emotionally. I don't put all this on Saul. Michael, she had to go along with it too. She could have escaped with me instead of just aiding my escape. Her brother found me, Jonathan. He found me twice in the wilderness. Her father found me. <laughs> Luckily, he let me go. My family found me. She chose not to. She talked big about how she loved me. Her brother Jonathan, he surely loved me. I guess I wasn't totally shocked. She had six plus years now to return to me, but she wasn't willing to take the risks that were real to be at my side. Whatever. I lost my job. My good name is smeared in the community. I lost my mentor, Samuel. Now I lose my wife.
Is this the cost of being king? Is this God punished me for something? I don't know. Is this the devil attacking me? Sure feels like it. Why would you let him do that, O oh Lord? Man, this was a hard one. If God is trying to empty me out, he sure was doing a good job of it. So while I was still wallowing in this mental grief, I learned that Nabal, idiot, died of a massive stroke and his beautiful widow, Abigail, shows back up only 10 days after our first encounter. Probably looking back, it was on the rebound, but uh, I had seen her character, her love for God, her love for truth. Hey, she was gorgeous, so uh, I took her to be my new wife. It's going to sound even uh, more bizarre. The same week I married Abigail, I also married another woman named Ohenuam, the Jezreelite. Probably not the smartest thing I'd ever done. And uh, to my shame, I would take uh, many other wives as the years would go on. None of these wonderful ladies seemed to fill the hole in my heart. I was being blessed and guided by God, protected by God in so many areas of my life. But now these boy-girl issues were becoming a sad commentary on my life. I'll share more later. But a weak side of myself had clearly surfaced. Saul got back on the warpath against me. It's like this will never end. Another event would unfold pretty much like the one at Engedi in the cave. This was a bit surreal. Saul has 300 men camped on the hill Hakalah. I was a bit more bold this time around. Night came while they were sleeping. I slipped into camp with three of my men. Did I say sleeping? I mean, it's like God turned their lights off, man. I mean, a deep sleep from God was upon them. We found Saul, took his spear, took his water bottle, departed camp, crossed the deep valley, and stood on the facing hill. In the morning, as Saul's men were waking, I stood up on the other hill across the valley and yelled. Saul immediately recognized my voice, saw me. I held up the spear. I held up the water bottle. And again, he could see I chose not to kill him. This event seemed to take the wind out of Saul's sail to kill me. It's like he had another moment of sanity. All these years of Saul threats seem now to be finally over. But God's testing me was not over. It was still in full swing. You know, when you think things can't get worse, guess what? You're wrong. They did get worse for me. In my desperation, I decided to move our team south into the land of the Philistines. I got audience again with Asius, king of Gath, who was shocked to see me again after our last encounter where I had uh, feigned madness. He thought I lost my mind. For some reason, he admired me sort of trusted me. It was surreal, but he did. Probably feeling if David wants to live among us, he must now be safe. I don't know what's going on between him and Saul and him and his people, but he gave us the village of Ziklag where we set up our operations and stayed there for a year and four months. While we were there, 
I continued raids on the Gezrites and the Amalekites who were infiltrating Israeli territories. Asius, thankfully, never heard about all those raids. But word did get back to the Israeli people, which gave them a growing favor towards me, as it had been in the past. Saul was proving himself totally incapable of guiding and defending the nation. Here I was, a fugitive, a refugee, if you please. And God was still using me to help secure our people. It's been nearly seven years now since I have been banished from Israel. Seven long, hard, and sad years. But looking back, I now know they were extremely important years of my life. God had a reason for everything. Every event that unfolded, God had purpose in it. He was teaching me. Well, the biggest test was about to hit. While out of town uh, with Asius offering ourselves to help in his military endeavors against Israel, which was a real conflict of my interest, a whole lot of things were about to converge. First, the Philistines are massing to go to war against Israel. And I'm living in their territory. What do I do? With some uncertainty, I offered King Asius to assist them in battle. But it was horrific to think of fighting with the Philistines against my own people. But Asius had been good to me when my own king was pure evil toward me. It was uh, a real conflict of interest. Well, God delivered me from that decision. As the other Philistine kings heard about my possibility joining their forces, they said, absolutely not. Asius, you may trust David, but we do not. He's not going to be part of what we're doing. So we have the Philistine issue developing. And while our militia was away from Ziklag offering to serve Asius, an Amalekite band of raiders attacked our little village that was completely unprotected for a week or so. They captured every woman, every child, took all the spoils, and burnt every building to the ground. All was lost. We returned. I was shocked. We were all horrified. My men were so upset they spoke of stoning me to death. I found out there at Ziklag just exactly what the bottom looked like. It was no fun. My life passed before my eyes. All I've ever done was the next right thing, except for maybe on the women issue. Despair hit us hard. But there on the bottom, when all was lost, the sweet spirit of the living God came upon me as he had done in the fields as a shepherd boy when I thought I was going to die at the hands of a bear, at the hands of a lion, as he had come upon me when Goliath stood in the fields and defied the armies of the living God and blasphemed the holy God of heaven. He came upon me again. He gave me peace in the midst of that storm, a peace that passed all understanding. I had, again, that strong sense of his presence, the strong sense of destiny. 
It wasn't fun, but I knew God had me right where he wanted me. The men stopped the kill David talk. Things began to become clear to me. I knew God knows what's happening, and he knows why. I encouraged myself in the Lord my God. I wrote Psalm 143 there at Ziklag as the pillars of smoke still ascended up from the burning village. For the enemy has persecuted my soul. He has smitten my life down to the ground. He has made me to dwell in darkness as those that have been long dead. Therefore is my spirit overwhelmed within me. My heart within me is desolate. I remember the days of old. I meditate on all your works. I muse on the works of thy hands. I stretch forth my hands unto thee. My soul thirsteth after thee as a thirsty land, O Lord. Hear me speedily, O Lord. My spirit faileth. Hide not your face from me, lest I be like those who go down to the pit. Cause me to hear your loving kindness in the morning, for in thee do I trust. Cause me to know the way wherein I should walk, for I lift my soul unto thee. Deliver me, O Lord, from my enemies. I flee unto you to hide me. Teach me to do thy will, for thou art my God. Thy spirit is good. Lead me in the land of uprightness. Quicken me, O Lord, for thine name's sake. O the proper motive. Quicken me for thy name's sake, for thy righteousness' sake. Bring my soul out of trouble and of thy mercies. Cut off my enemies and destroy all them that afflict my soul. For I am your servant. My sweetest psalms came from the bitterest times. My brightest psalms came from the darkest days. There on the bottom, the Lord was waiting for me. All the complications began to get real simple. I simply asked the Lord, shall we go after those Amalekites? God said, yes. We obeyed. We had no clue where they had gone, but God knew. We stumbled across a half-dead Egyptian man the Amalekites had taken as a slave. They had cast him aside in their journey as he had been too weak to keep up in their hurried flight for safety. He knew exactly where they were heading, and we made a quick deal with him. He joined our team. Soon we were upon them. They were not ready. We routed them completely. It was a decisive victory for us. And guess what? Not one of our wives or kids were hurt. They were scared, but they were fine. We retook all of our possessions and a whole lot more. Our losses became our gain. Our sorrows, God turned to joy. My men took note. Now ashamed, they had spoke of stoning me. Now seeing the faithfulness of our God and his hand upon me. And their trust in the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob continued to soar. Looking back, that was surely the bottom. It was now time for God to turn everything upside down in my life, right side up. My men's confidence in me 
had grown. But even better, their confidence in God was soaring as well. So we had the Philistine issue. We had the Ziklag drama. And now number three, back to Saul. He too was hitting bottom. My bottom was a bottom of testing. His bottom was sin. With no prophet speaking to him, in his desperation, he disguised himself, went to the witch of Endor to seek some kind of spiritual guidance. He had rock bottom. Now, turning to the devil himself for guidance. I'll not give you the sad details yet of another Saul failure. This once great king, he did get word from the witch that his time was up. The next few days, everything hits at once. It all converges. The Philistines attacked. King Saul was killed. And so sadly, three of his sons, including my best friend, Jonathan, my best friend ever, Jonathan, is dead. Sad, sad day for our nation. Sad day for me. But everything began to turn for me. My season of preparation is finally over. I can't wait to tell you of how quickly God can change everything. My days as a fugitive of a refugee are now over. I will soon be king. Well, thanks for joining me again today for session number three on David. We'll continue the life of David in his own words. Thanks for tuning me in. Please subscribe, like, and share if you would, please. I'm getting about 2,000 listens per podcast. I appreciate your help. Just let's get the Word of God out together to bring encouragement, to grow in the knowledge of the Word of God. I hope you like this style of teaching. I'm having a blast. Appreciate you tuning in. Love you. See you soon. Bye-bye for now. <laughs>